0: Leonard here, and I know we all have a couple daily lists. You know what they are, the have-to-do list and the choose-to-do list. To make my daily choose-to-do list, you have to be special, and Papa's Roast Coffee is truly that special. That's why Papa's Roast Coffee is a regular choice of mine and so many others. Papa's Roast owners, Dean and Debbie Chris, take special care to provide a perfect roast on every bean. Sourced from a single origin, the coffee beans are roasted to perfection in small batches. And then, if that were not enough, the beans are packaged and shipped in an eco-friendly bag. Papa's Roast Coffee, from start to finish, has earned a place on my everyday choose-to-do list. And I think they will on yours, too. Get your Papa's Roast Coffee at papasroast.com today. Now, to our conversation. Hey, welcome to say yes to become i'm your host leonard lee and we have a fun guest today um his name's mike i'm just kidding it's it's tracy uh i like to mess with him hey uh tracy is a pastor in uh, uh at five rivers church he is um uh I would just listen to him, to him talk about his strategy and and what he's doing to move people through a process of creating a community of faith that is missional, that is on mission together. And uh, he's just got some great thoughts on that. We might get into some of that later. Um, we met uh, about uh, in September and just kind of clicked, had some fun. We laughed a lot. We told pastor stories. And uh, for you, if you're out there listening, you probably don't even want to know what pastor stories are and we don't actually don't want to tell you, <laughs> but pastors have stories, trust me. And so we laughed a lot. We had some food together and, uh, God just put him in my heart and, uh, I love this brother and I'm grateful he's here today. Uh, Tracy, tell us a little bit about you. Thanks for being here. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about you and your family.
1: Well, before I do that, I just want to say, Leonard, it was it was quick. We were we were uh, brothers from a long way back and didn't know it. So thanks sure. a lot for inviting me here today. And our um, but our, our 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 friendship that seems to be growing. And uh, just enjoy you. Okay, my family. Well, I'm married to Beth, and she. I'd like to say she's my childhood sweetheart, but she, she, I kind of robbed the cradle, so that wouldn't be real good. But uh, actually. <laughs> We didn't get, we didn't, uh, we not known each other, uh, all, all of her life, not mine. Cause I'm older, but, um, we started dating after she graduated from college. So love that. And, um, we have three children and, uh, love them all dearly. They're all married. Uh, they have, um, well in September, I think when we, when we first met, I had two grandsons and, uh, yeah. uh, since then I've acquired two more. Nice. And, uh, we have two more on the way, and wow. so we're we're pretty excited about what it means to be uh, grandparents and how
0: yeah.
1: how much more influence we seem to have on our grandkids' spiritual <laughs> lives than we might have our children's. Oh, man. Hey, <laughs> but, I got two
0: uh, words for you with all those grandkids popping out. Prolific,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? We take it serious. Uh, that's right my, from my parents down there's a <laughs> hundred teen of us oh and, gosh uh, people say we a hundred teen i said well you never know from day to day you know people get married people have babies people get divorced so sometimes it goes down and not up um uh, but
0: uh <laughs> it's but fluid it's my, fluid. Like my
1: family's multiplying and and my parents um my parents are left us a great legacy of love and inclusiveness and mm-hmm. and uh, generosity and just so many things that our parents have given us that uh, our whole family seems to just just live by and so that's that's my family um i just can't tell you how much um uh it having a legacy of of uh solid character and faith and um just the people who who generously has this thing of hospitality and love mm. that extends to anyone yeah. Um, and that has really molded me probably as much as anything, even though my parents, um, got baptized like about five years ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a long story. I won't go into that, but, uh, it was a joy to be part of their, the the baptism. We had 22 baptisms that day within our family.
0: Wow. So, so it was great. a great day. Yeah. Oh, so great. Yeah. What a, what a pendulum swing, uh, <laughs> in to have seen the progress in the movement, and then to see that moment at which, uh, I just watched a young gal get baptized on Sunday and there is something special about when people come out of the water, isn't there?
1: There is, there is. I, I, I got called last week, uh, from one of my mom's best friends. She's 89 years old and, um, she's like, Tracy, um, I mean, I mean, she was like, the she was like the cook in the cafeteria when I was a kid in high school and in, in, in elementary school, but she was my <laughs> mom's best friend. And she calls me and said, I can't think of anybody I'd rather have baptized me than you. And so 89 years old, we show up, um, at her house. We had to get it done because IU and Purdue played, um, mm. at four o'clock. So we had to get it done before that. So they could, oh, yeah. everybody could get back and, and, and watch the game. So, <laughs> but, but, uh, it was it was what a privilege it is to be part of that with people right cuz god knows what he's doing he's given us us physical the physical people yeah. a physical thing to be able to identify and pledge our life to him and, and oh, what a, what an incredible thing
0: oh, it, it's just
1: that. it's incredible yeah
0: yeah so you're married you're, you got 3 kids you got uh 6 grandkids with two more coming and heck maybe when we have you on next year you'll just say hey i got uh, seven kids and 31 (laughs) grandkids who knows you know i don't know how
1: happen my wife brings home puppies all the time we have people living in our house uh with us uh, on, on different occasions for different amounts of times and it's just a pleasure to be able to 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 share what god's given us and and Mm. they become family i mean right They're family we we've got we've got family um a a little boy wow we have a little boy um he's a refugee his mom he and his mom are refugees i I won't go into her backstory it's a it's kind of a sad story how she ended up here with a little boy but um he's a treasure and um we, we saw him and we, he had all these bite marks all over him mm. and they, they, and so we started asking her questions. And next thing we know, um, my wife has a bedroom in our house for him and she works at night and that little boy staying at our house every night for mm. several months uh, while she was at work. And um and it's just what a joy. I mean, she's like our, she's like another daughter to us wow. And she, since then, you know, we've got to do her wedding and um, you know, we get pictures of all her kids. So in, in reality, you can add five more grandchildren to that total because those, those, those children um, especially Isaac knows us as, yeah. as Nana and pop as well.
0: Man, that is so great. I'm going to need an abacus to keep track of you. <laughs> uh, so um hey um our podcast is called say yes and become and tracy the whole idea is that we are we become what we say yes to you know when you say yes to opening your doors uh people become family when you mm. say yes to uh i want to be close to god i want to be his friend i want to love god with all my heart soul mind and strength and then i want to i don't want to love my neighbor as myself you become friends and partners with god it's about, it's not just about something we do. It's about who we're transformed into being. And so my question for you, and I like to ask this uh, to just all of our, all of our friends who come on and spend time with us. um, What are some significant yeses uh, that you have said to God over your, uh, over your 26 years of living? Um, I didn't want to give away your age and tell everybody that uh well never mind uh i like to give you a hard time uh but um uh, what are some significant yeses that you can point back to and say that one shaped me that one changed me um
1: yeah i you know we've already talked about baptism and i'd say baptism was a significant part uh before my baptism i had uh kind of toyed around a little bit with with jesus and and uh certainly liked him but Mm-hmm. Saying yes, um, I, I don't know how much you want to hear about that, but I'll tell you that when um, when I got to that point, I was actually reading the Book of Romans, mm-hmm. and I got to chapter five, and it says that before Christ, you know, we're we're powerless, we're mm-hmm. godless, uh, we're sinners. I didn't have any problem with those three words, uh, but then the fourth word was enemy, and mm-hmm. the Bible said that I was God's enemy, and I was bound and determined uh, to to prove to God that I wasn't his enemy. And I was a college freshman and I spent um, about two weeks arguing with God um, about me being his enemy. And, you know, college freshman uh, really uh, looking to be a lawyer um, when I was going to go to law school after I got my bachelor's and um, sit down there. And so I thought, you know, God, tell me exactly how am I your enemy? And I'm not saying I heard a voice. uh, There was no finger writing anything on the wall. Although I hear that if you see a finger writing on the wall, that's scary. Um, But uh, anyway, in my heart, there was this question, who sits on the throne of your, of your life? Mm -hmm. And I had a quick answer for that. And I thought that I had won the argument, you know, and I said, I said, I said, well, I do. Satan doesn't. I do. And. I mean, just God in his way, again, no, no, no voice uh, that I could hear with my ears, but in my heart, it was this statement, whoever sits on my throne is my enemy. Mm. And so I said yes to Jesus sitting on the throne of my heart. And uh, that began the transformation of my life. And I can't tell you that there was not a, there's not a better yes that anyone can can give because Jesus came in and transformed my life. Wow. Um, I get this
0: image of you as a college freshman having God on the stand. Uh and do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? <laughs> so help me me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. It was not a fair fight. I'll just say that. It was not a fair <laughs> fight. Um I felt like it was, but I didn't know any better. I, you know, you thought I was a sophomore, you know, instead of a freshman. <laughs> but, yeah
0: yeah that would have changed it <laughs> oh man it that's more sense awesome. anyway any other yeses that you point back to and go that was significant for me mm-hmm. my family
1: um, well wow i you know certainly what a life changing experience it is to say yes to going into ministry hmm. saying yes to getting married yeah. um those are significant um and they were on that they 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 have they they are significant yeses, but one that stands out to me probably is saying yes to adopting our first child, mm, and um, that raising our first um, uh, really gave me insight into how much God loves me. Mm. Um, you know,
0: talk uh, more he about was that.
1: Six years old. He was six years old. I didn't get to be part of you know laying out all of that groundwork you know by kindergarten right they're supposed to be uh, their personality and all of that's kind of set uh, supposedly yeah. apart from God coming in and doing a work which He did um, but at one point in uh, the young man's high school um, tenure I, I looked at him and said I, I think you'll make him a good adult but I'm not sure we're both going to live to see it <laughs> and um, yeah. I mean, it, it, there were some tough days there, but it's always reminded me, um, one of, one of, so let me tell a story sweet. Um, it was probably, it was okay. So it's, it's sometime in the nineties. I'm not sure when Brad Paisley came out with the song, uh, uh, the dad you didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was like one of our darkest moments in our relationship. And my son couldn't say, I'm sorry. He, he couldn't say, I love you. Um, but he brought me this song and made me sit down and listen to it with him. Um, it just talked about thanks for being the dad that you didn't have to be. Mm. And uh, that just, that totally changed. That totally changed me. Yeah. Um, saying yes to that because today, um, I understand that God is constantly calling me to be more like him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he loves me. He doesn't wear rose-colored glasses. He knows who I am. He knows my thoughts. He knows I have unwholesome thoughts. He knows I have unwholesome words. He knows I have unwholesome behavior. Um, and, and he loves me enough to send his son, Jesus. Yeah, And then invite me to be his friend and invite me to partner with him to use your phraseology. Yeah. And, and, you know, that uh, realizing that God can love me and use me uh, has totally changed the way I pastor people mm-hmm. in terms of you know inviting people. It's like um, like my mom and dad's caregiver's husband uh, didn't know the Lord last week. He has a heart attack. He goes to the hospital. They were going to do some stents. they can't put stents in. They say, hey, we don't know why you're alive. You shouldn't be alive. We've got to get you in the next OR and as soon as we can get a doctor, we'll get you in there. And two days later, um, the doctor who's actually going to do the surgery comes in, looks at her and says, Hey, you shouldn't still be here. Um, I'm not sure you know what's going on. And he comes, he, he get, he get in the midst of all that. He gives his life to Jesus and everyone who comes in his hospital room, he's telling them about Jesus. It just reminds me that, you know, you don't have to be um, super spiritual. You don't have to be long into the game. Um, you know, you can be at, you can be a t-ball player uh, in, in your spiritual life and be, and still be able to make disciples.
0: Yes. I love that. I love that. That's the first thing Andrew did was went and get his brother, Peter. You know, I met Jesus on Friday afternoon or Thursday afternoon and Thursday night, I brought somebody to him and I just think that is amazing. Um, So these yeses, coming into ministry, adopting, uh, raising a boy you didn't have to. Uh, years ago, I was speaking at a, at a conference and um, I just had this thought. And, I, and for me, some of my thoughts are good. Most of them are not. Um, but I had a thought about uh, God, our father, that um, he's the father that I needed and I'm the child he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, we, I wrote, I wrote that into a song, had it recorded and, uh, it played for on the radio one time, even, um, who, yes, uh, <laughs> I did not sing it though. Cause, uh, I'm not that person, Um but we, it's just that whole idea. You're the dad you didn't mm-hmm. have to be, um, yeah. you, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, peek into your life a little bit, uh. You've already said your wife brings people home. She brings everybody home. She makes space for people uniquely. Um, what an amazing human being that is! So much like Jesus. Um, what influence did she have on bringing a, a five, six-year-old boy home uh, and putting him on your lap, going, "You are the dad." You have to be <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> we're in this together. So get dating, sir. <laughs> but
1: uh, which he totally changed her life, too.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Young girl. Now, she was a church girl um, making a lot of bad decisions, mm. uh, having trouble finding people, help her navigate some of these feelings and hormones and all that. And uh, came up pregnant. Uh, as soon as he found out she was pregnant, he was gone. And, um, you know, uh, but then everything God did from that moment, um, made her into the beautiful person she is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, okay. Let me be honest. We both have scars.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. We both have scars and, and, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes those scars, um, you know, you, you run into that scar a little bit and, and you see it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then she tries to hide it. Um, but, um, you know, she, she is an, uh, anyway, she'll tell you teen pregnancy. Isn't something that she would have asked for, nor would she ask for anyone else to go through it, but it is certainly, um, saying yes to having that baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has changed her life.
0: Hmm. Mm. And, and yours too. I think, um, I think that, uh, you know, Max Licata used to say that uh, my my failures are not fatal. Um, yeah, You know, that the things that we do in our lives, um, God is just so potent to not waste anything. Uh, you know, he scoops it all up and redeems it. He doesn't just say, here's a hug, now go on. He actually redeems it and uses it. He puts it together and reassemble something from that brokenness uh that resembles him and mm-hmm. that's just amazing to me and uh i i if you're if you're if your wife is good with that story i'm good with that story because i just think people out there need to hear yeah. that
1: um well part of it is is i have my own messes yeah. and everything like that and sometimes Hers is so blatantly out there that um, I mean she shares it willingly, but I don't know that I I don't know that it's my story to tell exactly. Yeah. I mean my part of it is that I got to be the dad that I, I didn't have to be, but um, yeah. you know that's her story and yeah. so. But anyway, I appreciate. Let me ask her and we'll, absolutely we'll see what she says. But yeah, it's a it. She's who she is because
0: yeah oh yeah yeah I you know there there's something about saying jesus is our redeemer uh well, i mean when 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 job said i know my redeemer lives he wasn't just thinking of a future redemption and rescue where he might enter into paradise abraham's bosom whatever you called it back in the old days you know uh, i think that uh you know he he probably wasn't abraham's bosom because he predates him but uh, i I kind of think that what he was saying uh, is I know uh, my redeemer, he, he doesn't waste this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, His trust in God. I mean, Satan came to God and the story of Job is not about suffering. It's about why do we love God? And Satan came and said, God, you're just not all that. I mean, he's been telling God, he's not all that for a long time since he tried to kick him off a throne um, God, you're not all that. And, you know, Job only likes you because you bribe him so well, you know, you start taking mm-hmm. that stuff away and he'll dump you just like a, you know, a date on a Friday night. <laughs> and, uh, and God said, uh, that's, that's really not true. Uh, and the story is, is that Job continued. And I think one of the reasons he continued to love God is because uh, I know my redeemer lives. Mm-hmm. He's gonna take all of this. He doesn't leave any of it on the table unrescued when we put it at his feet. So here God, redeem this, rescue this. And I think we could all tell stories where God has uh has made more from our mess than he has from our success.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: You know, hey, that almost preaches, doesn't it? Uh,
1: well, yeah, unfortunately that is my sermon. So
0: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you'll take t- you'll about-
1: that's, that's my testimony. You'll take
0: it and make it better. So From the testimony,
1: um, from the testimony, right? That's, 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 that's important.
0: absolutely. So, so, um, you're pastoring a church, five rivers and, uh, you know, um, it started as two rivers and then went to three and now it's four, it's really growing, uh, <laughs> Well,
1: it's, it's kind of a misnomer because it's really three rivers and two creeks. So,
0: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but um, and saying yes to pastoring, uh, I know there's a story behind that because you wanted to be a lawyer. Or, and then God, God spoke to you uh, and said, uh, no, nope, I think I got another plan. Uh, do you mind telling us a little bit about that?
1: Well, I didn't want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a cowboy.
0: Okay, there you go. There I you wanted go. to
1: be a cowboy and I did not go through, I did not take the college prep courses in high school because um, I was going to go be a cowboy.
0: You going to do go, rodeo and all that I'm other stuff? I was going to go
1: do rodeo, work on a ranch, all that stuff. I was moving out west. Wow. Um, and my mom and dad let me go for a summer uh, on the one condition that I'd come back and go to college hmm. and um and that so and then they would pay for my college if I graduated and um I pursued um a law degree and got my and, and got and became a lawyer and then went to work in the family business. Hmm. Uh, my dad was a banker so I would have been working for a banking corporation as a corporate lawyer not as a trial attorney or something like that. But that was, that was, it started out, I wanted to be a cowboy. My dad said, no, you're not going to be a cowboy. You're going to be a lawyer and you're going to work for me. And I said, okay, <laughs> <laughs> really, really hard to convince me of that. Um, but then I went to college. And even though my dad at that point wasn't a committed believer, when I told him that I'd given my life to Christ and that, uh, he was calling me into the ministry, uh, dad's like, yeah, no, we are not uh, going to do anything against what God's doing in your life. So oh, you go to seminary, and I'll pay for your seminary. Your, wow. Your, 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 I'll still pay for your college.
0: Way to go, Bob.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at one point, I was so done with ministry, I went back and said, Dad, is there any way? I was like in, uh, right around 30 or so. About This was about 30 years ago. And yeah. And I went back and I told him, I said, dad, I'm just done. I just can't do this anymore. Is there a place for me in the, in the bank? And, um, he was a CEO, um, chairman of the board. I mean, you know, I mean, he was the dude, if there was a place, if there was a job, I could have had it. Right. Right. And, uh, of course he didn't do things that way, but that's how I thought he did it. Um, but uh, I went to him and I asked him, I said, dad, you know, is there any way he goes? No, God, I will have, I will not have anything to do with you going back on a commitment to serve God.
0: <laughs> oh man. I, I really like your dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: so anyway, that's yeah. My dad, my, I love my dad. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, I was, I was privileged to be part of his baptism, you know, and, and get to do that. And yeah. um, a lot of prayers went into that, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I did that. And so that's how I got into ministry. Um, And then, God just had this way of getting married where he wanted me to be. You know, um, I wanted to go out West to college. I had this Western theme, right? I wanted <laughs> to go out West to college. My parents said, no, this college is close. You're going to this one. I said, we're paying. I'm like, okay, I'll go. I didn't fight them over it. Right. I told them what I wanted and they told me what they wanted. And I just said, okay. And uh, so saying, I will say this. I, I, I did, you know, I, I, Okay, I'm not, I am definitely, I, I, I'll just have to say this. My personality is, I'm a rule follower. Yeah. I hate rules because if there's a rule, I have to obey it. And so um, I, <laughs> I fight against rules. Yes. Because um, I don't want to have to obey it. Um, but anyway, um, that was very helpful. Learning early on in my life to to say yes to what my parents told me to do. Hmm. um uh i am very grateful for um can't say that can't say that um i'm always good at saying yes to everything god asked me to do um but it was very helpful as a kid and i just thank god for that's why he put me together and made it a lot easier for me because i'm pretty stubborn
0: you know it's it's uh, when you talk about your dad the bible says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and there are two places of wisdom in your journey uh, that his his words, his actions, guided you. One was to uh, get you into ministry. The other was to keep you in ministry. And mm-hmm. your description of both those came from a fear of the Lord. Uh, I'm not going to go against what God's called you to. I'm if God said it, I'm 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 not going to go against it. And you know we tend to think of that as a super spiritual verse you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's like, no, sometimes it's just good common sense. When God's in the right place, uh, you do the right thing. Yeah. And so I really, I really appreciate that a lot. Um, Tracy, you are a pastor in this church. Uh, Tell me what it's like for you to be a senior pastor in a church. Uh, it's a different chair than any other chair in the church. I've sat in all of them, except for women's ministry. I never sat in that chair, uh, but I've done everything else in a church. And uh, that senior that senior seat uh, yeah. has its own unique things. Tell me about that for you. And, and
1: So let me clarify. I have been a senior pastor right now. I'm a leading pastor. Okay. Um, when we merged, uh, the other church had a pastor. Mm-hmm. Our church had a pastor. And we have come together and we've created a leading pastors team uh, so we're really elder led in the sense that it's, uh, it's a, we are, it, our leadership structure is built on plurality.
0: Mm-hmm. I love um,
1: that. some people say, well, you know, you can't really be co-pastors. Well, we don't look ourselves as co-pastors. Um, we have our own lanes. Um, there are decisions that we have to make together. Um, certainly if it's his lane, he has, I, I get to speak into it, but he has the opportunity uh, he leads there and in my lane, I, he gets to speak into it, but I, I, I call the shots on things in my lane mm-hmm. and those are well-defined in their job descriptions. Um, but there, obviously there are things that we have to, you know, be together on. And so I just want to make that clear because sure. that's a little different than what it was when I was a lead pastor. Right. Um, and, and, and I think why this works, not only because uh, I think it's God ordained in, in our journeys, I think that, um, it's who God shaped each one of us to be uh, Mm -hmm. is that we both can operate in this system. Um, I'm not sure everybody can. I'm not sure everybody should. Um, Not saying that this is how I would do leadership anywhere else, but Mm -hmm. this is where we're at. And so um, we don't believe that currently there's just two of us and we don't believe that uh, that's where we want to stay, but we're just getting this plant, this church, this church going. And so currently that's where we're at, and we we realize that that this plurality of leadership, just like the Godhead, there's three and one, um, you know,' we're, we're trying to to model ourselves and, and mm. trying to, to well, our mission statement is live, love, and lead like Jesus. Mm. And that's what we're trying to do. and we're not perfect at it. and um, but uh, in saying that, discipleship, Discipleship to say discipleships in my lane is 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 kind of crazy because we're both doing discipleship, but mm-hmm. but but vision and leadership of discipleship is in my lane. Does yeah. that make sense? Because yeah, yeah. the other guy, Brian, he does he does as much discipleship as I do, right. um, but but I'm I, I I sit in the chair of giving direction and doing the equipping and all of that. Um, so, um, and I, I don't think, I don't think that discipleship, I, I I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't question whether somebody would have a discipleship pastor on their team, but -hmm. I don't think, I don't think discipleship can be delegated, um, below from, from the leading pastor's team at Five Rivers or the lead pastor anywhere else. Again, I'm okay with having a discipleship pastor, but it can't be where that person's not a direct carrying out things mm-hmm. that are coming from the lead pastor. If it's not yeah. discipleship has to be DNA yeah. of yeah. the church. And so, so that's what I'm saying. So leading as a, as a, as a leading pastor, um I, I would say the the thing that I deal, deal with, as you know, I, I was nervous before mm-hmm. um, we got on here and uh, dealing with nerves and trusting God and, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, somebody, you know, people come, you know, we have guest speakers because we let people from our church speak sometimes. And, and we, we try to build that in and, and on purpose, um, because we want to be raising up planters within our yeah. church. And, and, um, you know, they say, Tracy you know, I'm so nervous. I said, you're nervous.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I don't know if I'm more nervous with you up there or with me up there. I mean, I, I, cause what I say, I have to give an account for, you know? And um, decisions I make when I meet with people, the easiest part of my job is when people come in and we just have conversation about life through the lens of Scripture mm. about what they're going through. Um, because I'm, I'm not author- I don't have to be authoritative in that. You know, We're just talking to Jesus and we're just talking to one another and having the Holy Spirit part of the conversation just seeing where it goes and, and how God wants to, to, to build into their lives. That part's, I love that part. If I, if, if that's all I did is just have my door, you know, people just coming in and out of my door all day long, man, it would be the best job ever. Um, <laughs> but that's not my job. I'll, that's not all my job. I get to do that, but that's not all my job. Um, but um, looking at the future, discerning where God wants us to go as a family um, whether that's me as being dad uh, in the right family or whether that's um, me being pop, you know, grandpa, yeah. or whether that's being a leading pastor. And, and cause I'm the vision pastor is my title, right. um, you know, just trying to discern where God is taking us. That is a fearful thing. Who was that old preacher from England, you know, said <laughs> it's, a, it's a fearful thing to be <laughs> in the presence of, of, of a Holy God, yes. you know, That's exactly where I live. Yeah,
0: that is, uh, that is, um, uh, that's admirable to me. Uh, I work with pastors all over the world, and, um, you know, we talk about being friends with God, being partners with God. And I come across pastors who spend their entire life uh, wanting to be partners with God, but not friends with God. And so their time with God is is hit and miss. It's vacant. It is, uh, it's functional, meaning that I, I spend time with God when I'm studying for sermons. Uh, I pray about ministry things, but the connection that is deep friendship with Jesus is missing, but I love to get out there and preach. I love to get out there and do this stuff. I like to create and organize and such. Uh, and then I run into pastors all the time who, who, um, uh, don't want to be partners with God they just want to be friends with God and so uh, there's this organic feel like well if we just get all squishy with Jesus everything will be fine and he'll just tell us who to love and where to go and it'll be all you know I I feel like using that 60 word you know everything's copacetic man you know and <laughs> and um somewhere in in the middle of all that I hear pastors who refresh my soul uh who say you know what it's it's truly about both it's about developing a deep uh connection with god abiding in him as the scripture Mm -hmm. says and then bearing fruit living that intentionality to say um it's not about me and jesus hanging out it's about jesus preparing me his friend to know Mm -hmm. what his mission is and sending me on that mission and i and i and i hear that in you i think it's one of the things that uh drew me to you, um, early on when we, when we went to dinner is just hearing your story and listening to, uh, um, discerning out of that. And that's not to say, you know, that, you know, you spend every day hours every day, maybe you do. Uh, and just, you know, I read my Bible, halos fall down from heaven, angels begin to sing and feathers and whatever. But really, uh, I just sense that you have a deep love and gratitude for Jesus. Um, that you appreciate Him in your life, and that uh, out of that you live as a partner of God. Well, this is the next thing I'm going to do. Uh, so I th- appreciate that. Um, how do you teach things, there's
1: You know, I think I learned in in my undergrad degree um, from Dr. Eleanor Daniel. Um, if I if I got anything she had to say to me, it was that more is caught than taught. Mm. And you just have to live with people. Yeah. Now I I am not saying that it's all organic. I'm not saying that. There's an organic I think Maria Montessori um goes uh has has a, a, a great approach to teaching. Now my kids never went to a Montessori school, so don't don't mishear me, but uh the idea of observation and experimentation um there, but there also has to be the, um, the, 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 I don't even know what, I wish I had a a, a TIO N word, but it's debrief. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, You know, you've got to observe, you've got to experiment. Um, There has to be some downloading of information, but ultimately it's, it's debriefing. Yeah it's debriefing what you observed, you know, what did you observe when you saw me do this? What did you observe when this interaction happened between me and, and uh, this, this, um, the homeless person on the street that we encountered or, you know, so you got to spend time um, with people. They got to go with you. They got to be with you. Um, And then you also have got to send them out and let, or, you know, let them, let them do the exploration and mm-hmm. experimentation themselves in some of those encounters. And, but then it's still debriefing. Hey, what, what, what happened? And mm-hmm. what do you think, where did you see God do? What, what did, what did you do? What do you wish you would have done? Um, what, what did that, how did that person respond? All that, all that debriefing. Um, and, and it's, and it's about not just about the mission, but it's also about the relationship. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, when they have to be with you in intimate study and we've i i, I say we i don't know who we are um, but we look at ministry uh here at five rivers uh, we're a relationally driven ministry that mm-hmm. um, we have programs yes what are the purpose of programs the purpose of program is to create an environment for relationships to happen yeah. and so Um, we, the sociologists tell us that there's public space. That's a hundred plus, you know, I'm telling you things that everybody knows, right? That's where everybody's sitting shoulder to shoulder, watching someone on a stage or watching Mm -hmm. us someone on a, you know, a a sporting event or something like that. And, you know, that's, there, there's different rules in each space. There's Mm -hmm. social spaces where you're mingling with people. Um, then there's, there's private space, um, I'm sorry, personal space where it's like your small group, six to 20, mm-hmm. six to 20 people or eight to 20 people, whatever. And then uh, where you're sitting in a circle and then there's um, private space where it's three or four at the most, where you're sitting, um, where, where, you know, you're no longer in a circle, but now you're, you're like sitting across from one another at a table. And uh, then there's of course intimate space and, um, Uh, which is like one-on-one, but anyway, our our thing is, is that our goal is to engage people and equip people in every one of those, every one of those social spaces to be able to interact appropriately within the culture, you know, the mores and the taboos, Mm -hmm. but with the truth of God and with more than that, the love of God, and I, I, so I think that, like, like I said, there's, the way when I see Jesus in the Gospels, that's exactly what he did. He interacted with people in all of those spaces and he interacted differently with people in those spaces. Mm-hmm. And the the whole point of it is, is that they got to see him re, in relationship with the Father. Right. And, and he also, uh, he interacted with them about that. He also uh, interacted with them about who they were and what they were doing. And, and so I, I, you know, I, I there are some people I can point to in my life, my ministry mm-hmm. that I can say, Hey, I think these guys are getting it because they have this deep love for God, probably more than I do. They have more gifts and abilities and the ability to do the mission better than I do. And I just love sitting back and cheering them on. Um, and, and it's not because I was so good, but I think it's because we journeyed it together. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. But it was intentional.
0: <clears throat> that makes great sense. I, <clears throat> You already just alluded to this. You just said it really, you see Jesus uh, in all those spaces. You know, you read at the end of Luke 9, Jesus, uh, Jesus is having this interaction with uh, people who said, I want to follow you. Uh, and he says, foxes have holes birds of the air have nests the son of man has no place to lay his head you know somebody else says jesus i'll follow you and he says hey you know but i gotta go home and bury my dad let the dead bury the dead you know you go preach the kingdom you know uh, let me tend to the affairs my father you know all these things and and jesus gives these these uh feeling less than friendly uh responses you know to to people's interest in him and you get into luke 10 and he sends out his his disciples on mission and he gives them instructions he you know take this don't take this when you go to a place say this don't say this when you stay somewhere and if it says then they came back and they reported they Mm -hmm. had this conversation and um, one of the things that i think is essential to the reporting process is 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 to place what happened in a kingdom perspective you know mm-hmm. jesus does that he anchors it to uh to Absolutely. two things you know first of all he says uh, i indeed saw what you did make a difference in eternity i saw satan fall i saw his kingdom shaken radically and so we see that in luke 10 but then uh then the next moment he says but don't just rejoice in that rejoice that your name has been written in a book and yes. the, there's that picture mm-hmm. of of those spaces that you just described so well but it's that whole idea that when we hear the report we have to anchor people to the eternal uh significance of what they've done and to the one for whom they did it uh you, does that make sense
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, Matter of fact, that's, you know, you're, you're, um, singing a similar song to exactly what I, you know, when you started referring to that Mm -hmm. phrase, it's like, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But don't forget. And then you said the ending, right. I mean, that was the part. And I I think, I think, you know, one of the things that we talk about here a lot is discipleship is partnering with the Holy spirit and others Mm -hmm. to see Jesus formed in us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because we we our deal with discipleship, our goal of discipleship is. I think you talk about it right. Fruit and what is fruit? Well, fruit is life. Whether it's the fruit of the spirit in me or new life in someone else, um, or well, even the fruit of the spirit in someone else. But but the bottom line is fruit. So so for us, we uh, what we mean by when we use a phrase called. Helping someone take the next step towards Jesus, no matter what that step is, okay. and but that step is always bound to the relationship mm-hmm. of who with this God and who He is. I think. All right, now Tracy's going to get on a soapbox. I I, I do not criticize any of my other brothers and sisters in Christ uh, and their ministries and what they do and what they preach and how their churches. Our model because they're God's servant and they have to be obedient to him. But if I have a critique of the Western or North American church, um, part of that critique is about how much, um, how much it's about hum- humans instead of about God.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's, we focus way more on us, than we do. And I think that's all part of our Hellenistic culture background,
0: sure. you sure. know,
1: worldview. And and so um, you know, it's really more to me, we need to go back to a more biblical understanding of oh man. This God is incredible and wondrous and powerful and you know uh unlimitless mm-hmm. um and, and yet he has this Holy, righteous, intense love mm. for each one of us. Yeah. Uh, regardless yeah. of how unwholesome we are. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I just uh, finished a book that I was writing called 28 Words. And it's 28 uh, random words that encourage our souls towards following Jesus. And I'm oh. working on the follow-ups to that. I've got three or four follow-ups and one of them is uh, is on love and the love of god in particular um i don't think i don't think we know how powerful it is because it's the love of god that transforms me into somebody who can love my enemies you know yeah. i i can't do that on my own i want to punch my enemies or i want to avoid my enemies and on my best days i want to convince them not to be my enemy uh but Jesus said, "I want you to love your enemies; those people mm-hmm. who mean you harm, pray for them, bless them." Uh, he talks to us in, in about love that uh, it is, you know, it's it's been proven and demonstrated. Uh, you 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 spoke to Romans five earlier that uh, it's been demonstrated that while we were sinful, dead, and helpless, He came. And when we were enemies, he came mm-hmm. and he loved us. And his demonstration was that he died for us. You know, John writes, there's no greater love as any man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And we know this is love. You can just run through scriptures, you know, see how great the love the fathers poured on us, that we would be called children of God. And uh, his love takes people who were dead, brings them to life and makes them his own children. Um, yeah. And there's this, potency to the love of god uh that i think is lost in our daily conversations with god uh, because we tend to wink at love rather than receive it we kind of go hey that's great thanks for loving me rather than uh pausing to say um and i and, you know go back to the whole sentence we talked about earlier the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom or knowledge Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think we need to be afraid of God. We do because he says to, but it's not just his severity that Mm -hmm. I'm afraid of. It is who he is. It's his, it's his, uh, his eminence, his presence, his magnet.
1: Right. Because Peter tells us that it isn't God's power or wrath or whatever that's that, that brings repentance, but it's kindness yes, that brings yeah. repentance. Yeah. And I'm afraid of God not because of what He's going to do to me or what He might do to me. Yeah. I'm afraid of God because of who He is. And I think that if we separate love from who God is, because the Bible says, John says, God is love. If we separate love from who he is then we emasculate it and it becomes i think the phrase you use right there we wink at it yeah um you know i i think it's you name the person that you're ministering to the main person that you're in friendship with that you're traveling through life with and and you're discipling uh, whether you're discipling to the cross or discipling them to bearing fruit um it doesn't really matter um but if love is shallow and empty without the person of God,
0: yeah, yeah man, that is so that that's actually you could we could spend a lot of time just unpacking that thought that love is shallow without the person of God um because he is love. you know, Paul prays uh, in Ephesians 3 he says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, from whom the whole family, and heaven and earth gets its name. I pray that out of this this magnificence of God, this 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 immense immensity of God, is immensity a word? It is today. Um, but out of this, that it's your brand you, podcast. It's my podcast, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll make up words if I wanna. Um, but out of this, that we would have the power together with all the saints. To know the height, depth, breadth, and width of the love of God, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And when we
1: mm-hmm. when
0: we unpack that uh, height, depth, breadth, and width, it means if I stand at the top and look down, I can't can't see the bottom. And if I stand at the bottom and look up, I can't see the top uh, because it blows my mind. It's a love that surpasses my ability to know it. Uh, information that surpasses our ability to know. Can only be experienced in relationship, mm-hmm. uh, because that's where evidence is found. You know, I can't under, I just can't fathom how much you love me. But in relationship, I experience and live out this love uniquely. Uh, it, it it penetrates parts of my heart and my soul. That outer shell that that wants to keep everyone at bay. That part that says I'd rather be wounded than whole. Uh, you know, all those places in me that are broken, that remind me of my past, that love comes and enters um, and transforms us. Uh, and and that's when we pause and we say uh, to him who is able to do way more than we can ask or imagine in his church. That's not just a sentence about having big dreams. That is a sentence about what happens when the love of God Uh, literally destroys and rebuilds us. It does way more, way more than we can ask or imagine. Um, You know, uh, and that, that has just been, uh, that has been not, I don't want to say the word haunting from a negative perspective, but that, that concept of his love, you know, as you talk about it, just, you're reminding me it's, it's the next thing I'm writing. uh, And uh, I'm, researching all those places in scripture now where he goes hey i love you
1: so so go back to my story Mm -hmm. about um the backstory okay got the romans chapter five right back up six months Mm -hmm. right um i was at a rodeo with some friends we i was underage we were partying i was driving it was two o'clock in the morning or so and come up to a railroad crossing flashing lights the, the bars come down the car in front of me goes around them and i follow him and i i see my friends my rodeo buddies their faces silhouetted in the headlight of the train mm. okay that scared me to death and it had nothing to do with me dying my fear was that i had just made a decision that I could have sent three people into eternity. And I had no clue if any of us were ready to go there. Mm. And that sent me on a journey yeah. where I was open enough to hear God say, whoever sits on the throne, your the throne of your heart is my enemy. Um, but even in that, what I discovered, <clears throat> what i discovered since is that, God was working in me way before I was ever yeah. a follower of Jesus. Way way before I was ever a disciple of Jesus, right? He was working in my life, yeah. and He was teaching me something about what that love is a responsibility, and I, and and that probably came out completely wrong there because it sounds like an obligation, but it's not an obligation. It's a responsibility because uh, it it flows out of who we are and, and who he is specifically. And that's why it flows out of who we are too. And, and I, you know, we are always hammering away at this idea that no one is a project. Everyone is the object of God's love. Yeah. And, and when I partner with my friend, Jesus, to love this person if they sense or feel that it's that it's an that they're they're a project then i am not loving them right i am building tracy's kingdom
0: Mm.
1: and so i you know the 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 conversation i I mean i had no idea we were going to get this deep and, and i'm not really prepared because this is all rattling around in my mind all the time um but it's never comes out in book forms um, because, well, I can't write That's Remember I didn't go to college prep courses. I went to college on, um, <laughs> I, I went to college and I probably was still on academic probation when I graduated with my master's <laughs> that's a, degree. But. That's okay.
0: I'm still grounded from my parents' parenting. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but, but the whole idea of everything is, is rooted in, who god is Mm -hmm. and who he created us to be and you know i i don't know i don't know i may have derailed where you were going but i I don't i'm just what i guess if i'm trying to communicate anything it is that this idea and concept overwhelms me and i think that's why um I'm so intrigued and in love with God
0: yeah he's he's inexhaustible that you could spend all your days trying to know him and never finish and yet be full and yet know him in ways that yeah. that are overwhelming um I w- I, w- I don't I don't journal um I don't think I have the discipline of of that daily write this thing in a journal uh, but I have tons of notes in my phone. Uh, And one of the notes that um, that I wrote down about a month ago, uh, and these are things that I just meditate on. And one of them is is that uh, love, forgiveness and patience and all of the virtues that we would look at and say these these are how we define what Christians should be like are matters of stewardship. Hmm. They're not matters of 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 some kind of a discipline that God's going to smack me around if I don't They're stewardship of the generosity of God. I forgive because I'm forgiven. I love because I'm loved. I'm patient because he's patient. And as mm-hmm. a steward of these things, um, it, it that's a much more relational picture than I need to, um, I need to comply, you know, God's not a Borg where resistance is futile. He's he's a redeemer. He's a creator who says, uh, I am here and I am pre- I'm imminent. the imminence yeah. of God, that presence. Um, let me let me uh, see if I can't shift this because I want to I want to respect your time and um, um, but let me see if I can't turn this just really quickly. Somebody said yes so that Tracy could say yes. Uh, whether it was a mom a dad or both or a teacher or a friend a spouse who are those yeses that you say i stand on these uh, these influence my life regularly
1: so um guys there's i i have at least five significant shoulders that i stand on so i'm gonna so please i'm not neglecting any of the other four but i'm gonna give you one
0: well, and, and you don't a, have to mention me.
1: Well, you're not, you're not one of them. Sorry. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard, I, I just met you. I, I I just met you. I am climbing up your back. <laughs> I'm not on your shoulders yet. Um, <laughs> that is too funny. That is. Um, but I, I would say that the other four may be just as significant. Right. But I want to share one <laughs> and, and um, guys, I'm having a hard time decision, which one. Um, I, I guess I'll just share L.D. L.D. Campbell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, uh, love for God, love for people, um, a work ethic in ministry. Um, maybe it bordered on workaholicism. I don't know. But but what he gave me and what the yeses that he said yes to mm-hmm. And the investment that he gave he put into my life set me on a trajectory um to be and do the things that that I've seen God do in my life. Mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I have to so I'll, I'll give it to, I'll give that one to LD mm,
0: that's that I love that. I think um uh, i I made a list years back of all my friends or all the people whose yes shaped me my original pastor. Uh, the man who spoke when I met Jesus, the man who met me in front of a little Baptist church and explained to a little tiny guy what it meant to follow Jesus. Uh, You know, um, these people were influenced, uh, influenced my journey of faith. And I, I made a list of them and I began to pray. I said, God, give me a chance to thank them. Uh, but they were all they were all older than dirt which is about our age right now uh back in the 30. day, 31 um and uh and as i kept looking at that i kept saying give me a chance to thank them i stand on their shoulders and god opened up a door over a period of about a month where i literally came across every single one of them wow none of them even lived in the area that i where i was <laughs> And they were all in somewhere. And I'm going to go out of my way to get to that meeting and thank them. Uh, I have a first grade teacher who uh, spanked me probably six, seven times a day. And every time she did, she would uh, put me in her arms and say, Leonard Lee, God loves you. And he's made you special. And uh, I believed her. And, uh, and what I remember about her is not the sting of her paddle, but the, the encouragement of her words and, yeah. uh, and, and so, um, I wrote this down in my little note that there's somebody out there who needs me to do better. Mm. Um, there's somebody out there who needs me to invest time with my father every day. Uh, there's somebody out there who needs me to, because God's going to use me. He want he's going to send me out there. And, uh, I don't want to send a cheap substitute. I don't want to send mm-hmm. somebody who has not been with Jesus out there. Tracy, uh, you are modeling that, uh, and uh, your words and your heart communicate that, and I so appreciate you. Uh, is there anything else that you'd say? You know, we got some listeners here who are going, man, I I, I follow Jesus. I struggle to hear him. I follow Jesus. Uh, yeses are difficult for me. I follow Jesus, and I'm discouraged because I said yes, and it really just came back to bite me. Uh, I thought it was a yes, and it was going to be puppies and kittens. It turns out to be uh, cactus and, and and sour pickles. Um, yeah. uh, anything you want to say to our listeners, our friends on the on the, the other end of this?
1: There were there were two significant times in my life that were very dark in ministry, and I kind of spoke to one where I went to my dad, and he said, "I will have nothing to do with you uh, walking away from the commitment and the call of God." So, um, but the second time, I ended up getting fired from a church. Um, and, um, you know, I uh, not going to sit here and bash anybody. Um, you know, did I make mistakes? Yes. Did they make mistakes? I believe so. Um, you know, could we have navigated it better and not had this, n- not had, you know, we can go talk about all that right. stuff. It doesn't matter because today, uh, I would have never said yes to the greatest part of adventure in my life that had I not gotten fired, I I wouldn't have said yes to it. Um, I had dabbled around uh, with church planting, thinking that it was enough to support church plants, that it was enough to be on a management team of a church plant, that it was enough uh, to encourage church planters. Um, But it wasn't until I got fired that I was – place in a position where God said, no, the only option you have is to plant a church Mm, (laughs)
0: because he
1: kept taking all the other options off. I got fired from the church. I was pastoring, Um, the places that I had interviewed uh, he took those all off the table. And the only thing I had left and, and uh, my wife and I had spent a a prayer retreat uh, where we finally said, okay, Jesus, we want to go do the ministry in Florida Um, but, uh, if that's what we want to do, uh, if you, and if you, you have to remove that from our plate or that's what we're going to do. And if you, if you remove that from our plate, then we know that you want us to do, um, you want us to, you want us to plant this church and, um, I was never more terrified when I got, I was expecting a call from the executive pastor at this church with the um, package, you know, Hey, we want to hire you. Here's the package. I mean, I was, I was, I wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't blindly anticipating that call. That was what I was told I would be receiving.
0: Yeah.
1: And instead I got a call from the senior guy and he said, blah, 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 And I mean, it was like totally out of their hands. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, so scripture's not kidding. You know, when he brings beauty from ashes, yeah. um, some of the darkest things that we go through when we journey through, um, the what God has afterwards, he's serious. When he says all things, yeah. you know, um, uh, for the good, you know, because I'm not saying God fashioned what you're currently walking through to to purify you. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Um, you, you have to figure that part out. But what I'm saying is, is that what you're going through, what you went through, God will use to purify you. And then from that, he is going to bring something beautiful. And don't get trapped by the beauty, the Disney World beauty of that that the, even the American church offers. Mm-hmm. But find the beautiful thing that God is doing in you and mm-hmm. around you and embrace it. Because, you know, being a mega church pastor... Uh, seemed to be on my radar of where I was headed Mm -hmm. when I was younger. And I sat down on the steps of the church and cried
0: Mm.
1: because I said, Lord, I'm making a, I was a children's pastor at the time. And I said, Lord, I I am, I am making a lot of good church kids, but I don't think I'm making any disciples. Mm. And that, that changed the trajectory of the rest of my ministry And um, I'm still trying to figure out, Lord, am I making disciples? But it's the beauty of the relationships, the beauty of the fruit that I've seen in people's lives. You know, my name, nobody's calling and asking me. Well, Leonard did to be on his podcast, but other than Leonard... Nobody's calling and asking me to and, you know come speak at their conference.
0: Both of our listeners are so going to be so happy,
1: You're right? <laughs> <laughs> nobody's 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 calling and asking yeah. me, but I tell you, I am so blessed mm. that I trusted the faithfulness of God, mm. and even in the darkest hours, and the the. I don't know if this is the response that I did, but it was what I said yes to. And that is to become saturated in the scriptures.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And some of my darkest times is where I got the most saturation. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's helpful.
0: Uh, I think that is incredibly helpful. It is from uh, from God's lips to our ears to saturate ourselves in the word of God. Um, the idea that uh, he brings beauty from ashes uh, we just all need to know that, uh, we just all need to hear that, that spoken, uh, clearly like you did, uh, by the Holy spirit to allow us an opportunity to say, okay, God, I can trust you. Um, I truly can trust you. Um, Tracy, thanks for uh, joining us uh, today. I really appreciate you. I look forward to a chance to hang out face to face and, uh, and, uh, maybe, uh, you can teach me how to ride a horse or something. Um, I, I rode a horse in Hawaii once and it tried to bite me. Uh, in fact, it said, uh, it saw us all standing there and it said, uh, please don't give me that guy. <laughs> I actually <laughs> heard. Thanks Mr. Ed. So, um, no, I, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, we'll Leonard, connect- there's hope for you though. There's yes. hope for you. There at, at
1: camp we used to take inner city kids who'd never seen a horse before and by the end of the week they could ride solo in the woods so oh
0: man there's I'm, hope for you man I, I i can't wait for you to send me into the woods with a wild animal <laughs> thanks for that hope i appreciate it <laughs> all right brother hey thanks again for uh joining us on uh say yes and become and uh we appreciate uh, hearing from uh uh, good friends like Tracy, people who love Jesus and love others so well. Um, we will uh, we'll pick you up next time we're together.